Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today I'm hanging out with Rob Bailey. He's the founder and CEO of PageLadder, which he founded in 2011. Rob was also the founder of Fit Club Consulting, a digital marketing agency that helped 525 fitness locations before it was acquired in February of 2019. He's helped thousands of businesses sell tens of millions of dollars worth of goods and services, both online and offline. Offline. He has consulted with some of the fastest growing fitness brands in the world and is currently based in San Diego, California. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate you for having me, man. So, uh, Rob, you're a, absolutely for sure. And um, so, your agency, uh, the uh, Fit Club Consulting, was acquired. So, we'll talk a little bit about that about that business. Can you kind of paint us a picture real quick of, of, of what you do today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so today I do some corporate consulting and I also do a little bit of consulting for agencies and small businesses. And so that's what makes up most of my day every day now. And you've had two agencies, one called uh, Page Ladder, which is still your kind of company or at least umbrella today. And then another called Fit Club Consulting. I believe uh, Page Ladder was the first company that you had founded. T- tell me a little bit about how, what got you into the agency business uh, and, and, and where your roots were. How, why did you get into this business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the roots are, are that, or it's really simple. I just grew up around a lot of small business owners slash you know entrepreneurs although that word meant something very different back then but growing up in the early 80s and early 90s throughout my life like i was just around a lot of people who were doing everything from landscaping to construction etc and so i'd always seen like the insides of small businesses my dad owned a construction company my godfather owned a commercial construction company and it was mentored a bit by a lot of these guys. Like our neighbor down the street had me helping him with the, his landscaping business at the age of 12, right? So very much influenced very positively by a lot of entrepreneurs. And once, if I, if I fast forward to when I'm an adult, I sort of caught the entrepreneurial bug and bounced through a lot of things as a lot of people do. But then I got a job inside of my friend's um, five location surf shop in my late 20s. And that's really when I started specializing in digital marketing, helping them grow their brand, helping their e-commerce store grow, helping them with SEO, helping them with social media and all that stuff. And um, finally, when I left the my friend's surf shop chain, that's when I began my first agency to help more people. And that was PageLadder? Correct. Yeah. I started PageLadder. And that was a what I would call a jack-of-all-trades agency. I don't know if that's... I mean, probably everybody knows what that means. But basically, we had no two clients that ever looked the same. Even we started off specializing in SEO, actually. We're doing a lot of search stuff, organic stuff, content marketing, things like that. And the reason why is because I had no budget at my previous job that like they had no paid ads budget, no budget really whatsoever to do anything but 
free things. And so I got pretty good at SEO and, and you know, anything that didn't require paid ad spend or an advertising budget, I got really good at really fast because I had to, right? And so uh, when we started PageLadder, it began as an SEO agency and actually began helping small businesses only because that's what I knew. And then very quickly to pay the bills and to grow it and to get an office and all that stuff, I started opening up our services and you know, looking for bigger clients. And everybody said, well, you got to get bigger companies to get a bigger budget. So I started stacking all that stuff on. And before you know it, I had an office with a giant lease attached to it in downtown San Diego and you know, full staff. And we had, yeah, we had some big clients, some bigger clients. We had a mixture of corporate clients, medium-sized businesses, and small businesses. And our the, the amount of invoice lines that we had was just like in the hundreds. It was like Literally, no two clients were the same. No service offering was the same. So after about three years of doing that, my business partner looked at, at ourselves and uh, we just said, I don't think we can do this anymore. The profit margins were razor thin. Both of us were spending nights sleeping in the office under the desk, like banging projects out, burning the midnight oil, all that stuff. And my wife and I just had our first kid. And what I wanted most was to like just let her relax and, and for me to just be there. And those kinds of things were were missed opportunities at the beginning there. So I just said, I can't do it anymore. And everybody on, thought we were doing really well on paper. We were. There was a lot of money coming in, but there wasn't a whole lot of money coming home. And so burnout plus razor thin margins and a ton of risk just led me to decide, you know, this, we're going to end this. Okay, about where were you guys in terms of monthly uh, revenue turnover? We had we had built a seven figure a year agency, but the the amount that we were charging monthly, what like was swinging so far in each direction. Like, I would basically have to hustle and do some project work for us to have like a seven figure run rate, and then that would take so long to fulfill that the next month we were down to like thirty forty grand. It was just like swinging so wildly. So our recurring revenue was never higher than probably about 20 to 25% of our business, which was a real big problem. And um, even the recurring revenue that we had, it was a lot of project-based stuff or customized work. And so we really just were not good at it. I mean, we, we were good at getting people the results and getting deliverables, but nobody could do anything that was new or repeatable except for my business partner and I. Like it was like there was just all this staff was just kind of like pasting things together and slapping band-aids on things. And it was totally my fault. Like it was no one's fault but mine. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not. We had great staff. In fact, um, one of one of my first staff members there is still with me today. Um, she's Betsy. Her name's Betsy. But like, uh, but at the end of the day, it was just like it was just putting fires out constantly. And you know that starts to stack up and add up. And wasn't for lack of effort. Everybody was putting their best foot forward, and we got really good results for people. People know us as the SEO guys in San Diego. In the downtown area for a little while there. So, you know, my wife was shocked. She's like, How are you guys not doing better? And when we decided to close it, it was like the most humbling thing that's ever happened to me. But I had to post a public YouTube video to get out of our five the remaining five years on our lease. We were there for three years and we had like five years left. And I said, Oh, we just got to get out of this lease. It's so expensive. It's totally unnecessary at this point. I'm going to shut the business down. And so I had to do like what a real estate agent would do and go in and make a a step-by-step walkthrough video of all the features and benefits of our office so we could get someone to take the lease over. And I, I had to put that on YouTube and share it on all our social channels and like, you know, ask our friends to 
get anybody who would look at it to take a look and see if they had interest. And so um, I remember the day that we filmed that and, and we pushed publish on YouTube and we started sending all this out. I just went home and I just bawled my eyes out. It was just like all the pressure had stacked up. I had this like giant, giant like weight on my shoulders that just like lifted. I felt like it got lifted off. And I was like, you know what? We did so many things wrong and I don't know exactly what they all are, but if I get a second swing at this, I'm going to do it way differently. So thankfully we got out of our lease. I had to call all of our clients and tell them like, we're going to stop servicing you like next month. And everybody was just kind of shocked, except for me. I mean, it's like, <laughs> pardon <laughs> me. <laughs> I was just like good riddance in yeah. one way, you know, and in another way, I was just like, oh, I let everybody down. So anyway, that's that's kind of the story with Page Ladder right there. And, I mean, I feel like this, um, I mean, look, here at what we do at You Gurus, I feel like that story is almost our thesis, if you will. I mean, one of our, our main kind of programs is to help you own and dominate your chosen market and really look for opportunities to create repeatable service offerings as an agency and and not be reinventing uh, the wheel. Because I, I, I shared your story for, for many years of our agency before we started to kind of niche down and focus on that. And I think there's a lot of listeners today that might be uh, running agencies that on the outside look like fantastic businesses. They look like they have this amazing client roster. They have, you know, maybe a cool office uh, or, or, or whatever, yeah. right? Maybe they are virtual or whatever, but they're serving clients from a lot of different spaces. I, I really like what you say about, you know, no two clients were the same and you had over a hundred plus services or whatever that could show up on invoices. And I mean, the word that kind of comes to mind for me is complexity, that that yeah. complexity, you know, eventually when you when you take complexity and you scale it, i.e. to seven figures or beyond, you know, it usually starts to feel less and less cool the more complex and the more big. You know, usually those problems don't go away with size, they just get worse. Yeah, it's it's not cool. It's not even a little bit cool. <laughs> so <laughs> like know? that so so what was like the I mean, so you had a a partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love the part about having to create the YouTube video as almost this, you know, this, uh, this symbol of we failed and now we have to try to get a lease filled and we're going to promote that because we know how to market, uh, you know, we're going to promote that and try to get somebody to take over this lease to take that weight off of your shoulders. I mean, I can't even imagine what two years left on a downtown I mean, that's definitely in the five figures, maybe six figures in terms of what you would have owed on that lease, which is probably significant. What were some of the factors for you and your partner? Was this like a gut decision or was it, you know, hey, this is this is like we're, we're, we're investing more money in this or was it just the time thing and the burnout? Uh, good question. So it was, the short answer is it, it was both or all the things. Like we didn't know what was happening until it was happening in a lot of ways. And that was just us being green and never having done this before. Right. And I was the CEO. My business partner was kind of like the the tech guy, the geek, if you will, super talented developer, super talented SEO um, engineer and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he was a very much an introvert or he is very much an introvert. And I just think that the role of like owning and running an agency for him, for example, was like not a great role. I think he learned a lot. I think he would say exactly what I'm saying to you now, but but he's much happier now, you know, and we're on great terms still. It wasn't like dramatic, you know, a dramatic breakup. It was more like we came together and was like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Are you feeling the same way? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, I'm seeing the numbers this way. Are you seeing them the same way? Yeah. Okay. 
well, do you see any way for us to prevent feeling burned out if we continue down this path? And we both looked at each other and had to be really honest. Like we, we, we started this conversation upstairs then we went downstairs and had a beer because we were trying to be very honest with, like honest with each other, you know, like, Hey, don't be just like eternal optimist. Cause that's what entrepreneurs are. Right. Eternally optimistic. Just tell me what you like truly think like no judgment. It was, it was almost like going to therapy for like a marriage or something. <laughs> so we sat, I remember we sat downstairs for like three or four hours having a couple of beers and just like laying it all out. And the conclusion that we arrived at was that it was everything. Like the model was broken that we were trying to operate like razor thin margins, 10% or less each month. And that was at the end, there was like, we'd be lucky if we got 10% per month. If we lost a big client, we'd immediately be in the red. You know, scope creep was rampant with every single account we brought on because we had no process for it. I was constantly sending proposals out that I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours on and was just dying for a yes every time. It was like the positioning was all off, right? So it was all those things combined. But the biggest thing was that we were waking up every day, walking into the office going, Ugh, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather be at home with my baby, with my brand new baby, with my wife. You know, I'm not taking any time off. The business can't survive without me, you know? So that was like, that was the feeling was like, oh, we just don't want to do this anymore. You know, like hear about NFL player, like Andrew Luck just retired, right? He's like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm mentally exhausted. I was like, I know exactly how you feel, brother. You know? (laughs) Uh, And no matter what the circumstances were, I don't think that we would have lasted very long if we had continued to go just like purely because of the burnout effect. Like we put so much into this, like, way more than we should have. And we're walking away with nothing to a little bit of minus, you know, like that was really humbling, but it was still worth it for us to face that reality and be like, okay, well, let's do something about it. You know, Raleigh, would you be happier snowboarding all winter up in your home state of Washington and working for codable.com, which is what he's doing now. In fact, I think he's like the CMO or the marketing director there now. So yeah, I'm going to go pursue that. Great, dude. I, I could not be happier for you. Go do it. Right. What's next for you, Rob? Well, I have no idea, but I'm going to take a few weeks be with my family and then figure it out. And then I decided to start a Facebook ads agency on my own after that. So that's all that went down. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce Unlimited WP, a white label team that can help you do more with less. Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. This question that you mentioned, or or kind of a statement, which I, I, I resonate hugely with this statement. You said, if I did this again, I would do it differently. And we've got our RU Summit conference coming up, and my theme for the conference is uh, is is reinvent, and it it stems from one of my mentors uh, and advisors, a guy named by the uh, uh, Phil Lockwood. Uh, I, I sat down with him one time, and and he was we were talking about about my business, and I sat down and I said, "Hey, man, um, you know I've got this and this issue, and I'm kind of frustrated with this and this and this," and and he was just kind of like listening and listening, and he kind of said, "Well, you know." what would you do if you started this business like over today, you know, how, what would you do differently? 
And I was like, oh man, let me tell you what. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of outlined. Like how I don't long know. you got, buddy? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like right. But I, yeah. I probably outlined, you know, seven to 10 kind of key points. And, and he was like, cool. Like, then that's, that's your, you know, that's your vision for this business is that, you know, what's the gap, right? What decisions do you need to make? Do you need to change personnel? Do you need to change strategies? Do you need to change markets? Do you need to wind things down in certain areas of the business, wind things up in other areas? Like, like you kind of have, you, you know where you're starting from, which is the business today. And you know where you want to get to, which is what you just explained to me. Uh, so now the question is whether you can, you know, do that with this business or do you truly need to start over? And it was a really interesting thought experiment. And I was like, oh my gosh, like kind of back to your point, Rob, you know, let's do something about this. I was like, let's, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to start making changes and, and work towards a business that, that works better for me and the people around me. And so, I mean, that's what we're creating, you know, our whole theme around you summit is around kind of that question for everybody, right? It's like, is there, is there incongruency between where your business is at, is at today and how you would do things if you started it over? And, and I think everybody should have the power to do that. And I think, this is the second part of your story that I really want to hear about, which is, you know, you, you decided to start over literally new company, fresh start, shut down one business, start over from the ground up. Uh, you mentioned you decided to create a Facebook ads agency. So what were, you know, let's talk about that business and, and, and what were some of the things that you did differently that maybe had a different outcome for you? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I decided on the Facebook ads agency is, I took four weeks to six weeks off. I don't actually remember what the actual amount was, but as I was shutting down the agency, I was I became slightly obsessed with, you know, what what worked here and what didn't, you know. So I just like printed out every single line item we had and tried to attach some time and value to it. It was very imperfect science. I'm not gonna lie, we didn't keep great records of all that, but like I I did not know the exact number of hours or minutes it took to fulfill on a specific line item because there's just too many of them, you know. But the ones that I found that were clear winners were like Facebook ads. You know, we'd done some Facebook ads for some of the bigger clients that we'd had. And a lot of them were just interested in exposure and, and impressions and things like that, not necessarily um, direct response like lead generation and sales. And so it was pretty darn easy gig, you know? And um, this was this was before a lot of the Facebook ad gnarly gnarliness has had started, <laughs> so it was pretty straightforward play. But but these these big brands loved it because they were getting a better better um, better value than they could on some of the traditional media, right? So it was really easy to fulfill on, and I felt like I could teach somebody how to do it really easily, which was a big part of the equation. Like to teach somebody SEO, oh my gosh, you know. My gosh, so many moving parts. Facebook ads pretty pretty straightforward, you know. And so I I determined that Facebook ads was really profitable. It was just made up like one percent of our total income in, in line items and service. And so what I did was I asked all my friends. I'm like, hey, is there anything to this? I was like, went to the most successful friends that I knew who had had agencies. I'm like, are you guys doing this? Do you know anyone else who's done it? Da 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 da. da. And then a friend of mine said, hey, you should have go go have lunch with this guy. His name's Billy Jean. And he's in San Diego too. Go sit down, have take him out to lunch or something. He's like destroying. He's doing like 250 grand a month helping like local businesses, gyms, car washes, like I mean, just crazy stuff you would never think of. And so I was like, how can that be? You know? And so I sat down, I took Billy out to lunch. Um, the mutual friend said, you know, introduced us and he agreed to do it. 
And I'm like, is this true? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh man, this is so scalable. It's crazy. Like we have one offer. It's just to run the Facebook ads for them to do to get leads. That's it. You know? And he didn't really have one niche, but he was killing it in like basically two niches, one of which was fitness. He was like helping some of the biggest brands in the country, like Orange Theory and Curves and um, some other ones. Yeah. So, so basically I was like, Oh my gosh, this is possible. And like, I was like, so like, what are your margins like? And he's like, well, I don't want to tell you too much, but they're a lot better than what you're getting, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I have an office in little Italy with a team and we're growing, like we can't, we can't find enough room for, for the amount of people we need. Right. So he was growing very quickly. And, um, and that really turned the light bulb on for me because I wanted to have some semblance of like a lifestyle business. Like, I don't want to be sleeping under the desk at night. I don't want to be having to drive up to visit a client who's three to five hours away just because they woke up one day from a meeting and they're all of a sudden unhappy for no reason. You know, like I want to cut all that stuff out because I got young kids. I want to have more kids. I'd rather just be closer to home. So I really just took that little, that little math problem and like that was the best thing on the list, to be honest. I didn't know much about Facebook ads. I was pretty green. I would focused on organic stuff previously, but I knew that I could learn it. And I knew that it was something where I had some wiggle room with folks because it was so new. They're like, oh, it's complex. I'll just, you know, let you do it. And so I was like, if I don't have this mastered by the end of three months, like I'll probably just go get a job or something, you know? If I don't grow this little tiny agency up to, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 grand a month by the end of three months, then thesis over, experiment failed, like I'll eat my hat, you know, go find a job somewhere. And that was the plan. And by the end of the third month with the Facebook ads business, um, I had, I got it up to like, it was close to 30. It was like 26 or 28, something like that per month. And I had, I'd hired Betsy back. So it was just me and Betsy working alongside each other. So it was just the two of us. And that, that's how the whole thing got started. So if you and then I actually I was not even niching down at that point, which is a big piece of this. So that's like the second thing. So like step one was I productized my service. That's what I would call it. You know, I I said I have one service. I'm really good at it. It gets this result. Like yes or no, right? So I cut out all the other stuff. I literally had one line item. It was like pay here. You know, there's a there's a checkout page. It's not even like a quote or a proposal or an invoice. It's just like pay here. Pull out your credit card and pay, <laughs> right? If if you want this. And, and then the, the next step was like, okay, I can help every small business under the sun. And, you know, that's the same kind of thinking that got me into hot water in the first agency. So I was like, wait, 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 you know? And so I, at first I actually started to niche down in real estate and I decided that I did not want to wait through the long sales cycles. Cause a lot of the agents that I was working with were like, okay, you got me three to five deals. Thanks. I'm just going to wait for those to come in. Then I'll hire you back later. Which is like, you know, six months probably. I was like, you know, I just really want the monthly income. I want to run this almost like a SaaS business. So the product or service, what monthly recurring income from, I want to build on top of that every month, let it snowball, right? So I decided to get out of the real estate niche. It was too start and stoppy. It felt like the old agency to me. And and I went back to Billy, who I ended up hiring as my mentor. And and he said, Look, just just choose something that you know, is steady every month and that you can like, you'll just never run out of clients in. just do that. It's the simplest thing. And I'm like, well, what would you do? And he's like, I would just stick with fitness if I were you. Like you can do it. It's, a, you know, uh, general population is attracted to it. Like it's not, it's not a small market. It's like $3 billion a year market in the US only. Right. So lots of room. And so I said, all right, man, I, I trust it. You've done it. 
I trust you. And so he helped me kind of target those first handful of clients and what they look like. And then after that, it just became rinse and repeat cookie cutter. We got into some very big franchises and we helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of locations in the fitness niche. That's awesome. A couple of things I want to uh, you know go back to. I mean, first of all, I think that moving more towards a, a productized service to a result. I mean, that's that that to me always feels like the uh, quintessential root of value, you know, true value-based pricing is that, you know, you have a, a system or a method or a process that you take people to that can guarantee them some kind of result or, or at least, you know, designed to get them that kind of results. Um, there's a lot of factors out there in the market, but, um, that, that, that kind of becomes the foundation for, for real value-based pricing, not just like coming up with a quote and then making it bigger and calling that value-based pricing, but saying, Hey, here's the value I'm getting for you. Like for a gym owner, it's like, I'm helping you get a constant flow of new members or new leads into your gym. That's what they care about. And they're probably willing to pay you, um, you know, decent fees to do that. And if you have, you know, kind of repeatable processes on the back end, then that can make that really profitable for you, which means that you're actually, you know, gaining value from, from that, that productization. What were some of the things that you did? I mean, Facebook ads is obviously, uh, I mean, it's, it's quote unquote simple, but um, how did you guys develop your internal IP? How did you develop those processes to make sure that you could actually get those results? Because obviously anybody can go into Facebook ads, create ads. Um, I think anybody can go call themselves a Facebook ad agency, but what were some of the things that you guys did to really develop systems and processes and any kind of intellectual property within your agency? For sure. I have a bit of a story about that too. If if you, you said you like the story format, so I'll go with that real quick. <laughs> sure. Um, so you're right. Um, and in fact, about the time I was starting, I was late to Facebook ads, you know, or I, I wasn't at the gold rush stage or anything like that. Put it that way. Like I, I came in and said, I don't know much about paid traffic. So I'm learning as I go. But, you know, once we started, it was, it was really two giant things that led to us having internal IP. Thing one was as I continued to work with more and more clients in the niche, I kept, I kept figuring out what problem needed to be solved to, in order to get the client closer to the sale. right? And what I mean by that is most lead gen agencies will just be like, here's your leads. I got you 100 leads this month. That's incredible. Here you go. You know, Pay your invoice, pay your Facebook ads fee. And that's that's what I used to do too, in fact. You know? And that was, that was actually like very valuable service at the beginning of when Facebook ads was coming in. But as it, you know, as any probably any marketer who's been paying attention to the Facebook ads platform knows they want to make it easier and easier. Like it's they're taking more away from the skill set and just putting it on the side of the platform so that they like I think their goal is just to have the small business owner like swipe their credit card and be able to have ads fire up like automatically. You know, someday <laughs> it'll be like that. So I was noticing though that it was like I used to charge a thousand dollars a month and that was a screaming deal for them. They'd be like, yes, oh great. Thousand bucks a month for your fee plus thousand dollars ad spend. And they'd be busy, you know. But what I noticed was over it was like really over the over the span of one year, it got it the that whole dynamic changed. It was like they were starting to look around at other providers, like, hey, you know, I can't really afford to pay you that much in your service fee. And I'm like, but I'm destroying it for you. It's the whole finger pointing thing where they're like, Well, the leads aren't really converting as well as they used to. And I'm like, Well, did you follow up with them with, within you know five minutes? Because that's what you have to do with cold traffic. Like I don't have the time to just drop. You know I'm in the middle of teaching a class at my gym. I don't. I can't just drop 
my current customers to stop and follow up with somebody within five minutes. I don't know when that lead's coming in. Da, da, da. So it's, it's what I call the finger pointing match, right? The leads are great. The leads are crap. The leads are great. The leads are crap. You know, it's, it's this whole, it's like the classic lead generation agency owners conundrum, right? And so it was, it was crazy. This was like almost fate. I have no doubt it was or, or to some degree fate. So I had, I'd had knee surgery not too long before I walked into this local gym that was walking distance from my office. And I just walked in because it was convenient. It was like the only gym that I could see from my office sidewalk, you know? And I just walked in to check it out one day and the sales rep gave me a tour and closed me on the membership. And I was like, that guy's a really good sales guy. And um, he had a nice like consultative close thing, felt like zero pressure. I was in control the whole time. You know, it did not feel slimy at all. And so I sign up and um, he goes, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, I do lead generation for small businesses just like this one. And he goes, what am I doing wrong? And he, he flips the screen over to me. And we're, like, we're at the sales desk. And I'm like, oh, well, this, 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 this. You know? And he goes, how much is it if I just hire you to do this for me? Because I'm on sales performance here. I'm the sales director. And I'm in charge of running these ads. I, I could see if the owner would rather just pay you. I would rather pay you. Like, Can you come back tomorrow? So they hire me. And I'm getting them really great results with the leads. And by this time, I know what I'm, I'm doing. And I was like, Hey, man, I'm getting you like sub $2 leads at the beginning. Right? And it was like that for a month. They were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But the thing that I noticed that was different was I would always ask my clients, what, How is this affecting your sales though? And he was like, Oh my gosh, you turned our worst month into our best month. And I was like, Really? Like, tell me about that. How, like, what percentage are you closing? And it turns out this guy was doing all the follow up that I dreamed my clients would do. And he was an exceptional salesperson at the place of business. So all he had to do was get somebody to show up and he would close a large percentage of them. So the reason why this is important is because a little bit of a light bulb went off. And I was like, look, I'm just down the street. I'm coming down there. Are you around? He's like, yeah, I got my lunch in like 20 minutes. So I'm like, show me what you guys are doing. They were text messaging, emailing, and phone calling these people within minute, like 5 to 15 minutes of when they were coming in. And they had had sort of like a pasted together system for doing that. And so I, I, I became mildly obsessed with why my productized service was working so well with him and why it wasn't working with as well with all these other people. And basically the, the, the boiled down reduced version of that is, is that the average small business owner just does not have time for follow-up, you know, to do it manually at least. And they certainly don't have time to do it when the iron is hot and there's crazy MIT and HubSpot studies about follow-up. You have like a 600% chance, uh, higher chance, excuse me, 600% higher chance of getting a leads convert if you reach out with, to them within five minutes. And it's like 200% higher if you do it within 15 minutes. Right. So I kind of knew this going in and I'm like, okay, so that means like none of these other folks are doing this at all, probably, or they're getting to it too late, either one. Right. So since he was right down the street, I, I was like, kind of like on a weekly basis going over there and be like, so what do you do now? And he's like, same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, and how are the sales? Same thing. So this gym owner was making money hand over fist. We added um, a few hundred thousand dollars of annualized revenue to this guy's gym for um, less than $11,000 in a one-year span. I mean, it was the numbers were disgusting. I don't think I've ever had a best, better case study than that. So the next step of that was me kind of talking to him and be like, Hey, can I hire you to like 
teach me how you guys are doing all this. Like all my clients could use this. It's like, you know, it's funny that you say that because I am, I'm unhappy here. I want to leave. I want to know what's next for me. And so fast forward like six months later and Ryan and I are business partners and we started Fit Club Consulting together. And so we kind of had the blueprint, but we still didn't super know if it was going to work that well for everybody. Right. So what we did was we started in like March of 2017 and we grew the business just doing that. We were like, look, we're going to help you with the lead gen as a done for you service. And then we're also going to help you with the lead nurturing. And at the time it was just like, Hey, do this and say this. We were just kind of like teaching them to do it. And we got the business to like 50 grand a month within five months of doing that. And it was just him and I at the time and, um, oh, and Betsy, I'm sorry. There was, there was three of us. And, and then I was like, gosh, there's a big gap here. Like we're telling people what to do to follow up and close them, but they're not doing it. So we kind of retold how the whole program worked. And we realized that we're going to have to do this for them if they're going to do it. If every client that comes into our environment does it, we're going to have to do it for them. So we raised our prices a little bit. And and it ended up being like we were charging a premium for the industry. Like No gyms were paying $6,000 to get started to an agency at the time. And I was like, I think this will work though if we're doing it for them. Like They're just going to have appointments booked. And people are just going to be walking through the door for them to sell. I think this will work. So... We we actually by by uh, we made one more hire. We hired the guy who was in charge of the lead follow up um, under Ryan at the gym. His name's Haplin. He's still with us today. We hired Haplin. He came on, and that was his whole role was to use software and automation and some manual follow up to book appointments for our clients so that they'd come in the gym. And uh, two months after we had hired Haplin, which was like month ten in the business, I think month ten or eleven, we were doing hundred grand a month. And the reason for that is because the the results just like skyrocketed. And we were only doing two things. We were... Well, it's actually three. I'm sorry. We were, we were generating the leads through Facebook ads. We were nurturing the leads that came in from Facebook ads. So you know, nurturing the leads that came in from cold traffic. And the third thing we were doing was reactivating the gym's databases. So they, they'd have a list of like 1,000 to 10,000 people. And we would reactivate them and nurture them to book an appointment to, to come in as well. And that ended up being actually our secret sauce. Because a gym owner would plunk six grand down with us to get started, and we would put that back in their pocket plus more um, before they got their credits credit card statement thirty days later. So our whole goal was like we can charge a premium if we put the money back in their pocket before they get their credit card statement. Because like the vast majority of gym owners do not have six grand laying around; they just don't. So we had to get good at what we were doing, or else they couldn't pay the bill. You know. And that that started to snowball and snowball and snowball. Like four months later, we had a two hundred and forty thousand dollar month. And then in May of twenty eighteen, May of twenty eighteen, we had a four hundred and nine thousand dollar month. And the next month after that was like two hundred and sixty grand, something crazy like that. So that's how fast it got that big because every time a person came into our program, we had the IP and the secret sauce, and we were basically like dragging them through the results. like it was, There was very little variance that could happen. All they had to do was close the people once they showed up for their appointments in the gyms. Rob, that's awesome. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr a content management system built for power users and agencies. 
Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, some some nuggets from the secret sauce around how you guys were generating leads, nurturing those, reactivating those. And, and I think even just getting to the, the essence of it, it was it wasn't really necessarily even an agency. You guys were, you know, able to promise a very, very specific result that your customer obviously cared about deeply. They were busy running their gym. And for them, it was, it wasn't about the leads. It wasn't even about like, Hey, I want somebody to run Facebook ads. They just wanted, you know, new interested people to show up at their gym ready to, you know, work out or whatever, right? Like that's really what the gym owners cared about. Uh, all the stuff that you guys did was really just a means to get there. And I think a lot of agencies kind of miss that. They, that we, and I, and I missed it for years. You know, I thought my clients were hiring me to build websites. And it, you know, it was like this big light bulb moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, like they don't, nobody really wants a website. Like they want leads and customers or donors or volunteers or whatever. And you know, it's like, they just think that the website is the next big idea to get them there. And I think you guys really transcended that with your market. I think you guys got traction and built up yourselves as authority in that market and then, um, solve some really interesting scale problems. So now you were able to I feel like we could have a three-part series on uh, on your story, Rob, but you guys were able to, or at least you <laughs> sold your share or left the agency in some type of acquisition or you guys got acquired at some point? Yeah. So this, this was a, a lear- another learning lesson for me. And, you know, I'm, it, most of you have no idea anything about me. So I'll just, I'm like a caveman. I'm not the smartest guy. I, I'm like Forrest Gump, really. Like I try real hard. I don't always get it right the first time. So what I'm about to tell you might sound absolutely ridiculous to people who are smarter than me. And that's fine. Uh, my friends laugh at me all the time. But like, so as this business was growing, I was like, great, the blocking and tackling is working. We're, you know, I knew that if we just sold this till we were blue in the face and fulfilled on it till we were blue in the face, that this would keep snowballing and going, right? Well, this is what happened with both my partners that uh, it was the one thing that I did not share vision-wise with them. And it, you know, we were like, I've got great relationships with both my ex business partners, and we talk regu- semi regularly and stuff like that. But the one thing that I was always okay with was like, that's the goal. You know, I don't want to make the best gourmet burger that's custom every time and have like a small food truck. Like, I want it to look more like McDonald's. You know, I know some people will cringe like that, but if you ever read the books like The E Myth or something like that, it's more like, I want a system for pumping out results, you know? And that comes with the cost of creativity a lot of the times, you know, because once you find something that works and it works that predictably and that well, you kind of just got to stick with it and not mess with it or else you're, I mean, you can refine it and improve it, but, you know, shooting off one of these tangents left and right, it'll just kill you. You'll quickly go back to the jack of all trades thing, you know? So the more that the farther down the success hole that we went, the more I was like, I was making it more stringent, more um, more of a system, more of like a, an assembly line. And my business partner Ryan is a fairly creative guy. Um, he's he's great at sales, um, but he's he thrives off of creativity in a sense. And so did my 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 previous business partner Raleigh. So we hit sort of this threshold where Ryan and I were at, at a bit of a crossroads where it was like, look, do we want to try to crazy improve this or keep stamping it out like it is. And I was very firmly on the keep stamping it out like it is front. 
and he kind of wanted to try some different things and kind of remove himself himself from some of the roles that he was playing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, we had to have that really adult, really truthful conversation and say, like, what do I want out of this business? Because if it's creativity, it'll come at a cost and maybe even a big cost. If it's blocking and tackling more until we're blue in the face, then it's probably going to keep growing and you know become this giant company. And um, so for me, I was like super clear on that. And I was like, look, I've been through this before once. Like, you just got to trust me. If these are the things that you want, then this, like, we're on the right path. We should stay on it. And so I, I gave him some time to think about it and everything. And he basically came to Tim that came to the conclusion that he wanted to go and do what was most fulfilling to him. So he actually left the business about three months before we sold the agent or before I sold the agency. And that all ended very amicably again, just because we communicated very well about what we wanted and gave ourselves a little time and space to sort of like put that into words and really figure it out. But, you know, Ryan's also got other interests in life besides business. He, um, his friend started a missionary down in Nicaragua and he wants to live down there six months of the year following that purpose and that, you know, part of his life. And so that was the right decision for him. And he's super happy now, you know, which I care more about than anything. So, so once, you know, once he left the business, there was a bit of a vacuum there and I had to decide, okay, well now the business looks like this. What do I want to do? You know? And for me, there was, there was this really, it came a little bit more back to the lifestyle business sort of thing. Cause we'd been pushing so hard, you know, I mean, the, the month that we had a $400,000 month, I was freaking out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Cause I'd never booked that amount of business in one month in my whole life. We went to a fitness convention and signed up 63 clients in three days at our booth. We got, we got a, uh, we had a speaking on stage speaking um, presentation for one hour and we had a booth and like, it was so busy that I couldn't even talk to everybody. It was just absolutely slammed. And I'd, I'd never experienced any of that before. I'd flown my whole team out there expecting for us to be sort of busy, but I was like, if we sell like 10 or 20 clients, that'll be worth it. We sold 63. And by the end of day three, like the whole convention hall is being broken down. We were breaking down our booth and people were still bringing us like certified checks and cash and like their credit card. And I was just like, dude, we can't take any more orders. Like we, <laughs> we have to go, <laughs> and, which is surreal. You know, I mean, I started off my career as an entrepreneur uh, mowing lawns up and down my street. And now people are like throwing $5,000 checks at me, you know? So, but, but that was the progression that we'd gone, gone through and it was looking like it was going to be a bigger and bigger company. And so... So I had said, okay, well, how how far do we want to scale this? And I was a bit in the middle of like trying to decide all that. And my attorney had called me and said, um, hey, you'd forwarded me something from some guy who sort of halfway was showing interest and in maybe buying your agency. I'm like, yeah, I didn't expect anything to come, come from that, but what's up? He's like, he actually made you a pretty legit offer. I think you should take a look at it. Because I'd had other offers like that before, but this one was from somebody who could really benefit right away from our processes and systems and client base and everything. And, um, and I talked to my wife a little bit about it and I was like, I think this is the best thing for us, you know? And I, I really have a passion about helping small business owners. And even though we helped 525 locations in like 22 months, I also felt like there was a a next level of, um, helping more small business owners that I could serve if I wasn't in the agency model anymore. So now I try to focus on helping the people who already have the influence over all those locations to help them install some of these processes across all of their locations. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, very cool. Well, Rob, this has been a, an absolutely fascinating story. I really appreciate you digging in with, with us today, sharing some of the the uh, the wins, the the gongs, as we say in the community, but also some of the uh, the ungongs, the uh, the challenges, the uh, the failed ventures, and uh, and all that good stuff. So I think there's a ton of gold nuggets for our listeners, and uh, really appreciate you sharing that story with us today. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it, man. I love lightning rounds. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received. Holy cow. Um, Hire someone who's done it already to teach you. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? See, this is hard. That's why it's like... Okay. Um, You know what the, the biggest one is? Is I intentionally put myself in uncomfortable situations like on the regular. In fact, one of my very first business mentors, he gave me some of the best... And maybe this is the best advice. So maybe I can go back to number one a little bit. But he, I, I remember clear as day him telling me this too. He said, get used to being uncomfortable. Like If you're comfortable, you're not, you're not growing. You're not pushing it hard enough. And so I would say that that's a habit that I do. And I, you can do that in anything in your life, really. But getting uncomfortable... Go, like If you're afraid of speaking, go speak. If you're afraid of jumping in the freezing pool, jump in the freezing pool. That's that's probably been the habit that has helped with with this the most. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, so I didn't really get time to talk about this, but we created we helped create a tool to help with lead nurturing and semi automate the lead nurturing to help solve that problem. So that's that's one that I recommend. It's called it's called Nurture. What book would you recommend and why? Oh, okay. This is one that I actually recommend to anybody who's got an agency. It's called Built to Sell. I think it's John Warlow. Does that sound right? I think that's right. I uh, I, I know yeah. I know of the book. I, I uh, I'm not. I can't remember the author of it, but uh, we'll uh, we'll link out to it. We'll make sure that we do that homework uh, and and find the proper book and uh, and link out to that in our show notes. Curious why? Uh, I mean, obviously the title is called Built to Sell, but why is that book? Oh gosh. It, th- this book I could have written as my story after my first agency failed. It's a story about an agency, about a creative agency, and how to build it to scale first. And then, you know, once you build it to scale, installing systems and processes, it's very much like the e-myth, except for the whole thing is in story format. So, but by the end, you know, it's the story of this, this creative agency owner sort of taking control back of his business, installing systems, processes. And then uh, getting an offer to sell his agency. The difference between my first agency and my second was just that. I mean, my first agency, nothing could operate without me. My second agency could have operated largely without me. And somebody could have easily, you know, is more talented than me, run it and probably run it even better. So it's a great book. It's a, it's a short read too. I think it's like 100 and something pages. It's, it's a really fast book. Awesome. We will link out to uh, the tool, Nurture, the book recommendation, Built to Sell, as well as lots of other key takeaways from today's episode at our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Rob, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, for sure. So um, if you guys want to check out the tool that we built to sort of help businesses like this, uh, it's actually white labelable for agencies. So if you go to robbailey.com slash N as in nurture and C as in close. It's robbailey.com slash NC. And I spell my first name with two Bs. Uh, so it's R-O-Triple-B-A-I-L-E-Y.com slash N as in Nancy, C as in cat. <laughs> but that's that's really like why we um, 
made this tool available is because we had so many people asking about it that want to white label it for their own so they could help their clients with this and also charge their clients money for a software app that's got their white label brand on it. That's what we built to sort of help with all that lead nurturing and database reactivation, all the strategies that helped us scale to 525 locations. Awesome. Well, if you guys are on a run or on the road and you're uh, hopefully not writing things down while you're driving or uh, jogging, check out our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode, the week it's released, Rob's episode will be right there at the top with a picture of him. And you can click on that, find the show notes, and we'll link out to uh, his app and anything else that was mentioned in this show today. So make sure you check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Rob, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. You got it. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale the multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.